I'm Shannon. And I am Rami. And this is Workplace Hugs, where we talk about interesting things we've read, learned, experienced to help us all expand our life toolkit with a whole bunch of empathy without a whole new degree. Shannon, are we going to war this week? I feel like we're going to war. (laughs) No, we're going to make some peace this week. I love it. I love it. Peace and carrots. Yeah, peace and carrots. Yep. Nope. Not that kind of peas. Peace. Peace. So this week we're going to talk about how to make peace with feeling less ambitious. See, See, Shannon, can I just say something? Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, I love when we have things that have a lot of tension inherently in them. Mm. That was one of the things that you and I talked about with the title of even this podcast. That like workplace hugs has a lot of tension. And I love when uh, books or themes or things that we're discussing have a lot of tension because I feel like there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. It reminds me of that quote from Ted Lasso where she says when he meets um, Rebecca for the first time and he calls her like Miss whatever her last name is. And she's like, oh, that's my father's name. He's like, if that's a joke, he's like, it's funny. He's like, and if it's not, he's like, I'm excited to unpack that later. (laughs) So I'm excited to unpack this now. Yes. Peace and ambition. Natural tension in there. Okay. So this comes from a Harvard Business Review article by the same name, How to Make Peace with Feeling Less Ambitious by Dory Clark. And I've been seeing this struggle in so many clients lately. And I'm wondering this struggle of like shaming ourselves for not being as ambitious as we used to be. And I'm wondering if it's post-pandemic related, you know? Like, I think 100%. I think it's 100% that. Okay. I, I have to imagine that we all went through the pandemic and started to ask ourselves, like, is it worth it? Like, is that extra 5% that's killing me worth it in the long term? And is that 5% or 10% or whatever it is percent, like, is it actually getting me a sizable difference in what I'm getting or is it all going to be the same at the end and I could actually feel much better about my life if I had a little bit more balance and a little less ambition yeah yeah and tangent it's interesting to see how it's impacting different industries at different rates you know like uh I was reading another article the other day it said this is really uh attrition rates in law right now are huge because there's a lot of people in the field of law who are questioning like is this freaking worth it? Like busting my ass to try to make partner. Is this actually worth it? Is this actually I want to spend my life. So, so yeah, I think a lot of us are maybe feeling like we were running a marathon through the pandemic. Uh, and now we're like, well, wait a second. I need to reevaluate and reflect a little bit. What's important to me. I feel like it's almost like sprinting a marathon, like not even mm. like running. Like it was like, I need to get there as fast as I can. And I'm going to like destroy myself in, in making that happen. Yeah. Yeah. So Rami, this begs the question for both of us to just check in. Are you feeling more or less ambitious these days? I think less ambitious, but I think realistically ambitious, if that makes more sense. Like, I think if I check in on Rami 10 years ago, he would say, okay, here's, here's my steps. Here's what I want to hit by these by these ages. And I don't think that that is not realistic, but I think it all depends on what you're willing to sacrifice to get there. And I think now, especially, I think we're, and I don't want to speak for everybody, but I think I personally am less willing to sacrifice things knowing what we've been through with the pandemic. I'll just like end and die without getting to do any of those things. Like I'd much rather 
I'd much rather not sacrifice the things that I love, like seeing my kid. If it's going to get me that one extra promotion throughout the next 10 years of my life, like it's just not worth it. Yes. Yes. Or all the freaking air quality alerts we've been getting in Minnesota all summer long. It's like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, maybe there is more to life. I think too, it goes with the trend of the quiet quitting thing. You know, Mm -hmm. people have a lot of feelings on that. I don't, I really hate that phrase because I think it has such negative connotation in certain spheres. And I think about it more as like, these aren't people who are quietly quitting. These are people who are hero, who are trying to become heroically whole. Like they've lived with like this lopsided limp their whole lives mm-hmm. of trying to like be really ambitious about their professional life. And now they're finally like starting to get the joke and be like, oh, maybe I should just like straighten out a little bit, like straighten out my I'm like literally straightening out my body, you guys, as I'm saying this, if you're listening to the podcast, to be more balanced and like whole in my life. Okay, so let's get down to it. Like, what are the actual strategies to make peace with with your desires to scale back your ambitions? There were three strategies that she talked about in this article. The first is to think in waves. And she describes this as like remembering you've had a wave that's been all about your career for a really long time, right? Mm -hmm. What is the ambition for the next wave? So it's not to say, said differently, this isn't like saying you just are truly less ambitious right now. It's that your ambition is shifting. It's like you're now ambitious about being a parent or you're now ambitious about um, running a marathon or... Finding the love of your life, you keep whatever. Saying running a marathon, Shannon. Are you running a marathon? No, I'm not. <laughs> I don't know why I keep bringing that up. It's probably because Rami, before we got on, you guys, I was like lacing up my new tennies. I'm really excited to go for a run after we record this episode. <laughs> so, so yeah, like thinking about it as a wave. You had the wave or a season, right? If we go back to episode 46, where we talked about Michelle Obama's career to illustrate the concept of like cyclical living, you know, like you're going to have seasons that are going to be about your professional life. And you're probably also going to have seasons that are not. And that's okay. It doesn't mean that you're feeling less ambitious all around. It's just that your ambition, I think of it as like a little golden ball of light. It's like, oh, it was in your professional sphere. And now all of a sudden, oh, like boom, magic, poof, it went somewhere else. And maybe we just need to find where it went instead of thinking like it's just gone entirely. I digress. So that's strategy one. Think in waves. What's the new wave for your ambition? Rami, you said you're feeling less ambitious professionally. What's the new oh, wave for you? My kid, for sure. What are you more sure. ambitious about? And I'd rather yeah. like I'd rather yes. put my ambition into him and hopefully in a healthy way and not make him feel the burden of my ambition towards him. Uh, of course. I think that's where it's at. I think too, it's like once you get to certain places in your careers, it's like, okay, so where do I go from here? And am I in a good place that I can kind of not coast, but like keep the, keep the, maybe coast is the right word. Like I want to get on the freeway. I want to be driving 65 or like right at, right at or above the speed limit. And that's where I want to be right now. I don't need to be like, 10 above, like maybe five above is a good speed limit for me to be living right now. Yes. I love that. I, it's, 
Reminds me of another podcast episode we need to record. I'm just going to bookmark that for myself where I'll talk about with clients, like how do we work with integrity versus intensity all the time? And I use the metaphor of like, which lane are you in on the freeway? Like, can we, can we just be comfortable at 65 instead of feeling like we have okay, to go 80 miles an hour I would like to say if you are in Minnesota and you're driving 65, get the F out of the left <laughs> lane because I would like to pass you. <laughs> That's not what that lane is for. It's not for going the speed limit true, and giving me true. what I call a Midwest speed trap, which is all the lanes are going the same speed and I can't go anywhere. <laughs> a Midwest speed trap. I've never heard that before. That's funny. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> second, second strategy that she offers is to recognize that there's not some universal timeline. So pay attention if you're playing this comparison trap and just stop it. You know, like your life circumstances are going to be different than other people's. So while we may be led to believe that everyone's 20s should be about topic X and everybody's 30s should be about Y and 40s about Z, there just is no universal timeline. So maybe for you, your 20s and early 30s were grind culture, but now you're in your 40s and your timeline is saying it's time to get ambitious about parenthood or whatever it is. That's okay. Not everybody's well, timelines are going to be the same. We did a whole episode on this. Remember, Shannon? There's infinite ways to climb a mountain. So just because I see you on a different part of the mountain, lately above where I am, doesn't mean that I'm going to take the same path that you are. Yeah. And we may all end up at the same place at the same time anyways. And so it's like. I have to listen to that episode again. What? To, I don't think you, Can you look so up maybe what episode I made up that, that we did an episode on it, but I'm pretty sure we did an episode oh. <laughs> on my favorite quote, which is there are many ways to climb a mountain. Um, but that's what it reminds me of. Like, I think we always get caught up in this thing, but it's like, you don't know what the person went through to get to where they are. And, and so much of. Yeah. Uh, so much of our career changes are dictated by preparation and then luck. Like luck is 99% like being prepared for the opportunity at the right time. And I feel like so many of the movements in my own career and other people's careers are dictated by being at the right place at the right time, but being prepared for that next step. Yeah. Well, and how can you watch out for like getting swept up in what somebody else's timeline is? You know, like I'm thinking about uh, a former client of mine who was really swept up in wanting to become a VP at this big fancy tech company uh, in her like early 40s. Like that was just like the thing that she should be doing right now because everyone else around her was doing it. But when we actually got down to it, we realized that the title that she actually wanted most was not VP. It was mom. It was mom. <laughs> and that was a really helpful frame to to talk about with her so that any time like that, that she would feel again, like she needs to be being more ambitious about that VP and like doing all the hobnobbing to make that happen. It was like, no, no, no. Wait a second. The title I most deeply long for is mom. So slap my hand away a little bit and get to becoming a mom because that's what I really want for myself. Okay. Rami, I'm wondering, as we talk about this timeline piece, has Always. your timeline like, ever had to change versus what you anticipated, you know, or like, did you get swept up in the timeline? Yeah, multiple times. I think there were times where I was like, okay, I know that this other person who I've been like looking up to got to this role by this time. And like, I want to be at that point at this time. Uh and it was like, nope, there just wasn't an opportunity. Like, you can't force an opportunity, but you can be prepared when it does present itself. 
like I'm sure it was frustrating. I think back to being in our our training class, our bait class, Shannon. Oh God! And it was like okay, this person got placed because the <laughs> the analysts above them got killed in a freak accident, and they don't even get to finish training or whatever. You know what I mean? It wasn't like they did something to get to be in the role first. It was like totally something outside of everyone's control happened, and they had to like become an analyst right away or whatever totally. it was. And then it was the same thing. It was like, who got to be a senior first? Okay, now, who got to, to ops or who got to like their, their expertise level? And then, all right, now, which ones are the managers first, right? And yeah. I'm sure if we were both there... I would be chasing your coattails of, okay, Shan's director. I want to be a director. Okay, Shan's VP. I would like to be a VP. But it's like one of those things that when you finally are no longer with a huge group that's all kind of progressing in the same way, it's much yes. easier to not feel that same pressure because you're not there. But like, I remember, Shannon, how frustrating it was when we were in our training class and the first person, I don't remember who it was, like whoever got to be the full time placed yeah. it was like they got placed i'm so jealous yeah. like, i want to be placed like what am i that doing was here? Fear. i was like oh thank god i need more time to learn <laughs> yeah it's interesting you're making me think too like this strategy may be tougher if you're in like a very large organization right mm-hmm. but how, can you just be conscious of like recognizing where are you getting swept up into these like universal timelines whether it's like because you all start at the same time and so there's this class of 40 people at this mega corporation that you work for versus not I think for me, I, there are two time, two times that stick out for me of when my timeline had to shift. One was when I thought I wasn't going to get married till I was 30, and I met Nate when I was 19. <laughs> so my timeline shifted. So at 19, you were like, I'm not going to get married till I'm 30. And then you meet Nate, and you're like, no, that's changing. Yes. And I was scared shitless. I was like, this can't be how ha- I broke up with the guy like many times because I was just so terrified because I knew he was my person. But it was like, this isn't my plan. This isn't the timeline that I'm supposed to be following right now. You and now. my wife sound very similar. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not surprised here. Um, and then the second was my business this year. You know, I'm like, maybe like a more somber note. Like, I thought I was just going to keep growing and growing my business. But my dad's health started to decline. And faster than we all anticipated. And my timeline needed to shift. I wanted my timeline to shift because I wanted to be present for that. So, again, it's not that my ambitions were just like less all over. My ambition shifted. I was very ambitious about having as much quality time with my dad as I could. And I'm so glad I did that. Okay. This is getting to be a long side hug episode. Forgive us listeners. This is just good juicy stuff. The third strategy that she offers is to understand the conditions that you need for growth. So sometimes what you need isn't more, right? Sometimes when we're in ambition phase, we're like, oh my God, I just need to be like doing more of all the things. And this is how I'm ambitious. But maybe you don't need to just put in more hours or keep doing more of the same work to get wherever you're trying to grow. Like maybe you you truly need something different. And this this may mean that you're falling short on certain metrics that you're used to grading yourself on. But it may also mean that you're finding inspiration in new areas or having new ideas that could be useful to you and others in the future. Can you give us some examples here, Shannon? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so my, as an example for me, I am coaching less one-on-one clients this year, but my corporate clients for speaking engagements are up and it's giving me far more inspiration for like new group programs that I might create, right? It's just different. I needed different things to support my conditions for growth. 
Um, and then another example that's more personal nature. I'm spending way more time at the farm, at my parents' farm, with the ponies. Milk buds. The milk buds. And perhaps surprisingly, every time I work with a pony, I get new insights for how to work with people. <laughs> you know? It's funny, but it's true. Mm-hmm. I think there's a whole field around equine therapy for a reason. Like how we interact with other animals is sometimes indicative of like how we interact with each other. And so I'll be thinking like, man, I'm just determined to like get this halter on Kingsford today. And I think like, oh, where is this showing up in my coaching relationships right now? And how can I take a different approach that maybe will work better for Kingsford, me and the client? Wait, your uh, <laughs> pony is named after like charcoal briquettes? Yes. And that is deliberate because he is an all black pony. So we did that purposefully. It was I was like, is inspired. that like an actual name for anything? But I yeah. feel like it's Briquettes. But it can yeah. definitely be a pony name. Why not? Yeah. He's Kingsford after the charcoal brand. What he's a like stately a charcoal name. pony. Yeah. And he's a stately pony. That's for sale, by the way, if anybody's interested. <laughs> okay. So in summary, taking time to downshift now. This is a quote from the article. Taking time to downshift now, if you need it, may feel like a setback, but it may give you the energy and clarity you need to move forward more quickly and effectively in the future. I love it. I love it. Okay. With that, we would love for you to connect with us uh, at Workplace Hugs on LinkedIn or Instagram. And maybe tell us about a time when your timeline had to shift to help others feel a little bit less alone if their timeline is needing to shift for whatever reason right now. I love it. With that, I've been Shannon. I've been Rami, and this has been Workplace Hub.